Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, we're going to be chatting with a couple of members of NCIA's Cannabis Manufacturing Committee. But before I introduce them, I want to make a quick announcement. NCIA is going back on the road with some in-person events in June. Join us in New York State, the Empire State, for three events happening June 6th, 7th, and 9th. We will be in Rochester, New York, Albany, and New York City. This is called the Insights and Influencers New York Opportunity Tour. And we are co-presenting this event with Canna Advisors, a longtime member of NCIA. So this will be an evening networking reception. You can mix and mingle with state and national level influencers and learn from industry leaders who have worked in regulated cannabis markets. We're really looking forward to it. NCIA members are complimentary tickets as always, and you can register as a non-member for ticket prices as well. I think it's $100 if you're not an NCIA member, but head to NCIA's website, thecannabisindustry.org, navigate to our events area on our website, and you can learn out learn more about this event series. So we hope to see you in New York, June 6th, June 7th, and June 9th. Oh, it's nice to get back on the road. And back to the podcast, I am happy to introduce two members of NCIA's Cannabis Manufacturing Committee, Darwin Millard of TSOC and David Bayancourt of the GMP Collective both serving on NCIA's Cannabis Manufacturing Committee. Their committee focuses on reviewing existing business practices and state regulations of concentrates, topicals, vaporizers, and edibles, ensuring the manufacturing sector is helping shape its destiny. Awesome. Thanks for joining me today, fellas. Thanks for joining me on the show. So great to be here, Bethany. Thanks for having us back. So excited to be here. Thanks so much. All right. We've got a lot to talk about, but uh, for our listeners, I know you've both been on the show before, but I'd like to remind them a little bit about you and who we're talking with. Um, So I'd like to know why and how you are involved in this wild and wacky cannabis industry uh, from a professional perspective, as well as your personal reasons for being involved in this very, very complicated cannabis industry. David? Sure. Um, you know, it's t- the complexity that you just talked referred to and the challenge is part of what drives me here. Um, I'm a quality-minded person, I'm a scientist by education, and recognizing the lack of standardization from colleagues that I've known, gotten to know, uh, Darwin and many others that you know have run cannabis businesses or part of the Medical um, Compassionate Use Act in California going back to the 90s and 2000s, recognizing that they would really benefit from standardization, SOPs, quality, data, and all that to ensure that products and patients are protected and that consumer health is protected is really what drove me to leave formal corporate America with EP and working with EPA testing and Department of Defense to a way more exciting industry where there's actually an opportunity to make a difference. 
Beautiful. Thank you. And how about you, Darwin? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I, I get to be a little unique where uh, my personal story and professional story kind of commingle where um, I'm a mechanical engineer by training. And uh, for me, when I graduated college, I could have either designed and built slurry pumps for the fracking industry or uh, dived headfirst into Colorado's fledgling medical cannabis industry. Um, and, you know, 17 years later, I wouldn't change anything for the world. I've been able to travel the world. I've been able to help clients on like every scale of extraction and product manufacturing you can think of. And I get to work in an industry that I'm passionate about every day uh, and get to see it evolve, you know, from from black market to white market. And so it's just been an amazing opportunity. Awesome. Well, we are glad to have both of you on the podcast today, as well as members of NCIA and going a step further and serving on one of our 13 or 14 committees, uh, the Cannabis Manufacturing Committee. So I'd love to hear more about what you're up to uh, in your individual companies, as well as what's happening with the committee as we're heading through 2022 here. Uh, David, how about you first? Yeah, and so actually I've been serving um, currently the chair on the facility design committee and we've been, um, we just published a great blog series, I think we're in the middle of it, uh, essentially to provide industry and you know new businesses new operators with guidance on you know where do you even begin you know so i think we've titled it you know the things to know about that you uh maybe were afraid to ask both from a cultivation uh dispensary slash retail extraction and processing operation so really diving into you know key considerations that can help folks that are in this industry as operators or or future operators to make sure they're asking the right questions before they design something with all the capital expenses involved to ensure that they're actually going to work operationally. And it's been really fun. We've got a team of you know, architects, greenhouse design um, builders, um, equipment manufacturers, HVAC, water systems, uh, process engineers, et cetera. So it's a really fun group. And we actually just started doing work with the DE&I committee, come, having them come in with social equity applicants and just putting us on the hot seat. What questions do you have for us? What are things that you're stuck on uh, while you're going through your process? And you've got all the experts in the room to give you information and uh, you know give you more insight and education to be able to make better decisions and hopefully work with us further. Awesome, yes. And thanks for reminding me that this is two committee, members from two different committees I'm talking to today. So we've combined the Cannabis Manufacturing Committee and the Facilities Design Committee to talk about some things in this podcast. Thanks for that. Darwin, tell me more about what's going on with you and and what we're looking forward to doing this year with the committee work. Yeah, so I'm currently the Chair Emeritus for the Cannabis Manufacturing Committee. uh, And the new group this year and from last year has just been doing some amazing stuff. Earlier, we had a blog come out in regards to IP and trade secret issues for those in the cannabis industry. You know, uh, how do you patent your processes that you're doing or a product or uh, what's the difference between you know, something that's patentable versus something you might wanna keep as a trade secret? So that's been a, a, a great opinion piece of providing some valuable information there. And we're currently working on two other uh, amazing pieces, a, a hazard analysis for, for safety blog. So, you know, there's a lot of, as David comes from the quality management side, you know, passive analysis for uh, quality control and other potential issues related to 
consumer safety related to the product, but there's also hazards in your facility related to personnel safety, you know, OSHA stuff. So our manufacturing committee is going to be doing a blog post on how you would do uh, some of the hazard and safety analysis related to personnel safety and operational safety. And then a great webinar uh, with uh, a colleague of David and I's, uh, Dr. Robert Thomas, which will be talking about uh, vaporizer devices and heavy metal testings and emissions testings uh, from vaporizer devices and the challenges associated with that. And I'm really excited for that webinar that's coming up uh, here soon. Um, besides that, you know, TSOC provides uh, process trained design and engineering services for the marketplace and just continuing to help clients be more efficient in an ever evolving marketplace. Awesome. Thanks to you both for that. You know, I think it's really fun uh, watching these committees at NCIA made up of NCIA members. Uh, they are starting to cross the streams. <laughs> um, so, you know, the Cannabis Manufacturing Committee, the Cultivation Committee, F Facilities Design, Education, Human Resources, they've done a lot of work internally in their own committee to come up with their own standards. Standards are going to come up a lot in this podcast. Uh, best practices, advice, how-to guides. Um, and as we continue to move forward, I am noticing we're crossing the streams a little. There's some collaboration but from one committee to another committee where they're seeing some overlap in what we're all trying to do, which makes perfect sense. Um, but we are getting to the stage where I'm seeing more and more combination uh, blogs and a podcast like this as well, where there's some overlap. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I'm, uh, you know, the other thing I didn't mention with the facility design committee that we did a bit earlier this year to promote, uh, we called it cross pollination, right? Where we brought in uh, a member of the retail committee, we brought in a member of the cultivation committee to kind of talk about what, you know, just like Darwin and I both gave updates to you and to the members, you know, everybody listening to the podcast on what we've been up to to just help cross pollinate and bring ideas to the table that we might be able to collaborate on because none of this exists in a silo, right? It, you know, work of Darwin's impacts, facility design impacts the manufacturing. It's all intertwined. So the more we can work together uh, across our dozen plus committees, the more value we can add to, you know, NCA. And of course, ultimately the industry is how I see it. So it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. And just to piggyback off of what David was saying, the uh, CMC has been working with science and policy and marketing on a minor cannabinoids, novels, and synthetics cannabinoids uh, webinar. Uh, and that's just kind of, I think, a culmination of so many efforts where there's a, a really pressing uh, topic in the marketplace. And you have these uh, three main, you know, major committees within NCIA seeing that it's uh, uh, important to address and coming together to kind of form the messaging around the uh, around the topic, the science behind it, and you know, uh, and create the uh, information or present the information in a way that's easy to digest uh, and helps the market move forward. Awesome, I love it. All right, let's jump into our first commercial break, and then we're going to come back and take a deeper dive into some standards, some exciting news about some standards for the cannabis industry. So stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. You have one unheard message. 
Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association, and I'm chatting with David Viancourt from the GMP Collective, he serves on NCIA's Facilities Design Committee, and Darwin Millard from TSOC, who is involved in NCIA's Cannabis Manufacturing Committee. So as promised, we do have some kind of exciting news about the cannabis industry. Uh, so the global cannabis and hemp industry now has a universal symbol designated by ASTM International. Woohoo! This is exciting. We'll talk more about why it's exciting later. It looks like a yellow triangle with the cannabis leaf in the center. It's pretty straightforward, but uh, I'd like to back up a little and remind our listeners what the ASTM International is and does. David? Yeah, so it's a great question, right? So ASTM International is 120 years old now. It's a nonprofit based in Pennsylvania, but it's you know international, so it's globally recognized now. They have they essentially facilitate the development of consensus standards. And what that really means, so for an example, there's almost 150 technical committees. So this is not just unique to cannabis. They provide the framework for volunteer members like Darwin and myself and many others to come to the table to develop through an unbiased consensus process standards that can be utilized in you know reference into law can be used in contracts and um, a lot for a lot more so some examples like from construction industry from railroads to um, water uh, standards to roofing materials you know assessing the permeability of roofing and ensuring that the specifications meet you know what you know 20 30 year lifespan requirements consumer products and they um, through federal government where it's really unique. So they formed Committee D37. They approved the formation of Committee D37 on cannabis in 2017 from requests from industry and members of government saying, we need a place to come develop standards in the absence of an organized you know, federal and global approach. So it really helps harmonize the industry. And so we are fortunate to have 1,100 volunteer members across over 30 countries at, at Committee D37 developing consensus standards for cannabis. And what's, again, unique is that due to the process that ASTM 
sets out the framework, the standards when they're approved are super robust and they're often used in law and um, in you know, lawsuits in court as if you're demonstrating conformance to that standard, the credibility isn't is immediately there. And the other thing to add is that in 1995, Congress passed the National Technology Transfer and Advancement Act, which essentially requires the federal government to utilize consensus standards that meet these principles that ASTM meets um, short instead of just creating their own requirements. So we have a really great opportunity to utilize the process and leverage it for that, that standpoint for credibility and recognition, regardless of where the industry falls under some sort of federal framework someday in the future that you know, we could all speculate on until the cows come home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's great that there's uh, all of these great minds putting their heads together to create, create some, some method to the madness out there. Uh, Darwin, did you want to add anything about ASTM International and who they are and what they're doing? Yeah, no, I mean, I think David covered it really great. You know, again, it's 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 those standards that are in the background that really facilitate commerce uh, that ASTM is really most, uh, uh, I guess, known for developing. So, so as David mentioned, you know, the the roads and bridges we drive on to the airplanes that fly in the air. Uh, ASTM has a handle in uh, some form of those technical standards that regulate the or are used in some form, you know, in regulating those industries. Excellent, excellent. All right. So, as mentioned, the cannabis and hemp industry now has a universal symbol. But over the last few years, um, we've had a hodgepodge of symbols imposed across various states here in the U.S. and Canada for the packaging and even on the edibles themselves, um, which have been all across the board and even problematic in some cases. So what, what have we been seeing before this ASTM symbol came out, including headaches, Darwin? <laughs> yeah, of course, no worries. Um, yeah, so you know there have been a lot of different symbols. You know there are various different iterations from uh, Arkansas, which I think is probably the uh, most confusing and least helpful. It's just a letter, uh, giant letter A, and then uh, the capital letter A and the capital letter M and another capital letter M on top of each other. Uh, to, uh, on top of each other, I guess huh? vertically, just to the right of the A, and it's like. What does that mean? You know, it's obviously Arkansas medical marijuana, but it's oh. it's a confusing orientation. You know, then uh, California has, of course, the the triangle, the leaf, and the exclamation point with the letter CA underneath. You've got the diamond being used in Colorado, but also being now kind of harmonized with Florida and Ohio. And in that diamond, they have the letters THC and an exclamation point. Uh, Maine has a has a triangle with a cannabis leaf in it. Uh, then says can contains THC beneath it. Uh, Michigan has an upside down triangle. Canada, what? for instance, has a stop sign. And <laughs> so there are lots of different kind of orientations between diamonds, triangles, rectangles, stop signs, uh, lots of usages of uh, the THC, uh, the cannabis leaf, an explanation point. So, you know, there, are, there have been lots of iterations. And as you said, sometimes problematic, you know, does it actually convey the proper message to the consumer, right? Uh, are we trying to scare them away from the product? Or are we just trying to be like, hey, 
you know, you should know this has some THC in it. Um, and on top of that, you know, some some states go further, right? They, they as you said, they want it on the product itself or even uh, embossed on, or debossed onto the edible, like in Colorado, Vermont, New Jersey, Maine, and New Mexico all require it actually on the edible itself. Right. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. So you've got like an impression in in the chocolate bar on every single square piece. And, you know, that's 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 quite a bit. It, it does make them look interesting for sure. David, did you want to add anything about this hodgepodge of symbols that we've been using up until hopefully the adoption of this new standard? Yeah, well, I think Darwin kind of summarized it well, right? The takeaway is it's a disaster. And if you're a packaging company or you're a multi-state operator or you're just any operator and you want to, you know, license and brand in another state, how the heck do you do that? Your packaging cannot be the same. It requires a lot of extra work. And then, of course, the messaging. What's the purpose of a symbol, a warning symbol? To warn the consumers, right? It's not meant to be a security uh, protect measure, it should actually be the easiest thing to adulterate and repeat, right? So every state has taken a different approach. And with that, we've got consumer confusion. It's not achieving any of the goals that any state or marketplaces wish to set out. So coming together with, I know what Darren will dive into about the universal symbol and the work that led up to the passing of that at ASTM is a pretty awesome milestone for our industry to uh, embrace. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been very interesting, you know, even traveling and purchasing edibles um, in various different states, what's required on the packaging. Um, and you shouldn't need like a codex as a consumer, especially to figure out what the heck's going on uh, with this edible. Like, why is this on my chocolate bar? And for what purpose does it serve? All right, let's take our second commercial break and we're going to dive in even deeper on this issue. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. We're chatting with members from our Cannabis Manufacturing Committee and Facilities Design Committee about the exciting news that cannabis and hemp now has a universal symbol designated by ASTM International. So back to the logic of the design itself. Um, is there a rhyme and reason for the triangle shape and the yellow color? And well, the only part that really makes sense to me is the obvious leaf plant in the center. But how does that work, Darwin? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and thank you for asking. So at ASTM International, we like to kind of say uh, over and over uh, that we're trying not to reinvent the wheel. And if there are existing standards that are out there, we're going to leverage those. And a great example is in the development of this standard. In fact, it leverages two existing standards uh, that we hope will help in that adoption of it. So it actually uses uh, the ISO standard warning triangle. So ISO has a, a number of standardized symbols for various different uh, applications and their symbol for a warning is a triangle. And there are certain requirements related to how you would use the ISO standard warning uh, triangle. And we have implemented those is well, you know, one of the major elements of the symbol. So I guess it has three major pieces. There's the triangle itself, 
there's the color of the symbol, and then there's the uh, standard icon. So uh, that second parse being uh, the standard color, which is from ANSI, which is the American National uh, Society for, or sorry, American National Standards Institute. They have a standard color for warnings, which is like a yellow orange, uh, which you've seen on road signs around the United States. And then in fact, ASTM, our group had to standardize an icon and we went with the cannabis leaf over explanation mark, over the THC sim, uh, letters themselves for a number of reasons, but mainly because uh, the leaf was the quickest and most uh, the easiest icon to associate with cannabinoids, cannabis plant in general, oh, and it yeah. was the, the fastest to kind of convey the information we were trying to to the consumer. Oh yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, we've got just a couple minutes left and I have another question, but I know I wanted to mention for sure that uh, there is a webinar coming up on NCA's website on Tuesday, June 28th. Um, it is about everything that we're talking about right now, the ASTM's new international intoxicating cannabinoid product symbol, everything you want to know and more. So I just want to make sure our listeners know that we will have a more in-depth webinar being offered on Tuesday, June 28th. Check NCI's website for more information. Okay, so as we're wrapping up here, what happens now? Now that we have the symbol that's universal and standard, what does it mean? What could it mean for our industry, both the producers in the industry and the consumers? Yeah, I'll quickly answer that, right? I think it, it's part of the awareness campaign. You know, it's it's you think, you know, thank you, Bethany, for having us on to talk about it and inform people. Um, it's folks, you know, ASTM doesn't advocate. They're just there to provide the framework and educate and inform industry, regulators, et cetera, as they request it. So it's up to us as industry, as lobbying groups, as education and trade groups, et cetera, to go out and, you know, talk to your legislator, talk to your regulators, talk to your companies and, you know, request that this be adopted and utilized. And I think there's another great opportunity within like the hemp industry where intoxicating products that maybe aren't regulated or are in a gray area to utilize this symbol to ensure they have credibility and standardization. They can lead the way in the absence of clear guidance from, from regulators. So I think that's part of the solution. Just call, just call to action, get involved, advocate for this. Get involved. Let's adopt this. Let's keep it simple, sweetie. And this really helps keep it simple. I like it. It's logical. It makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, thanks to you both for joining me on the show today. Um, let's, let's adopt this in, in every state. And let's continue to standardize certain aspects of our industry where it makes sense as it matures. Is that, that's our takeaway here, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you both. Looking forward to learning more in the webinar uh, currently scheduled for June 28th, ASTM's new international intoxicating cannabinoid product symbol, everything you'd want to know and more. Looking forward to it. And thanks to you both for joining me on the show today. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.